And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. We are so glad you could join us. Is there a difference between God's wrath and His indignation? What are the possible ways to pay for personal sins? Does obedience and doing good fit in with faith that saves? Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 2. Let's find out some answers to these important questions. And now with his message for today is our pastor, Robert Elliott. Yes, God's judgment is according to deeds. In verses 7 and 8, if you just let your eye go there, verses 7 and 8, they contrast between a redeemed life and an unredeemed life, verses 7 and 8. To those who by persevering in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, and eternal life, now the contrast, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. So watch it here. The redeemed person, if you're saved, that's you. Our lives ought to be bringing honor and glory to God. Our lives ought to be lives that persevere in doing the good that God has led us to do day into day. In sharp contrast, The person who is not yet saved, the unconverted life, is a life of self-ambition, a life of disobedience to the truth, a life of being slave to unrighteousness, a life characteristically, grossly disrespectful of God Almighty. These are two different lives. And we're seeing in verses 6 to 10 of this passage that God's judgment is according to deeds. Put another way, God's future judgment for the person who never comes to Christ for salvation will be punitive, proportional, scaled, tailor-made, and will vary by degree, person to person. Verse 8 is telling us specifically what God's judgment for the lost person's sin will look like after death and resurrection at the great white throne judgment. God's judgment for unbelievers' sin will first look like wrath. See it there in verse 8? But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, wrath. That's the Greek word orge, O-R-G-E, orge. Orge is righteous indignation anger. Orge anger is what you feel in your heart when someone beats up an old lady and steals her purse. Righteous indignation anger. Orge, people sentenced to hell at the great white throne judgment will experience Jesus Christ's orge anger. Jesus Christ, of course, displayed his orge anger while on earth when he took a whip, overturned the temples of the money changers, and drove them out of the temple. Orge, wrath. But there's another face of what the unredeemed will face by way of God's judgment according to their deeds, and it is indignation. See it there, verse 8. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. Indignation is a different Greek word here. It's thumos. Thumos. It means rage. It means fury. God's thumos, God's indignation, 
was fully poured out onto his son on the cross when he bore my sins and yours. This table remembering that great price that Jesus willingly paid. Jesus Christ took the full absorption of the indignation of God that your sins elicited. The person who doesn't run to Christ before death will face not only the wrath of Jesus Christ, but the indignation fury of Jesus Christ. Tell others about him. Trust him yourself if you're playing games. He's the only burnt-off spot God's going to provide. The only burnt-off spot of safety. Another way to say this is there are only two possible ways to pay for sin. Either we acknowledge our sin and run to Jesus in faith and gladly allow him to substitute for us on the cross and to pay all of our sin debt to the Father for us. That's what a Christian has done. The second way to pay for your sin is to pay for it yourself forever in conscious torment in hell. Sin must be paid for. Will you let Jesus pay for yours? Or will you go on your own and pay for it yourself forever in hell? Those are the only two options. Because it has to be paid for. Now please look back at verse 5. Verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath, orge, righteous indignation. You are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. As I said to you before, this is orge uh, wrath. This is Jesus' kind of wrath. Before I move off of orge wrath that God is justified to have toward our sin, we are actually, as believers in the New Testament, commanded in the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, we are commanded to have orge anger from time to time. Yes, I said that. God commands us to be angry with righteous indignation anger from time to time. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 be angry, that's the command. Be angry, orge, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. You may have heard this, the couple who said, when we got married, we promised each other and God that we would never uh, go to sleep angry, but there have been some nights that neither one of us has slept at all. We are not to let the sun go down on our anger, because even righteous indignation anger, that is uh, orge anger, if left to have a longer shelf life than God intends for it, which is by sundown of the day you experience, that even orge anger can putrefy and become par orgasmas anger, which is sin. I always buy my milk by checking the date of expiry. I had a bad childhood memory with sour milk, really bad. Um, and so I checked the, the jug of milk very carefully for the expiration date on the milk. Orge anger that we're commanded to have when an old lady is mugged or a child is molested or what have you. Orge anger, which you're commanded to have, has a shelf life of the day you experience the orge anger sundown. And if you keep that, cling to that, it will become putrefied and spoil and sour in your heart. And the next word in that passage is par orgasmas anger, which is different than orge anger. And par orgasmas anger, which festers long enough, becomes thumas anger in that passage, which is road rage, why people shoot each other at red lights in Nassau. What we're seeing, church, family, in verses 6 to 10, is that when a person 
rejects God's offered pardon in Christ, when a person turns down the already burnt off spot of Calvary, when a person persists in being unconverted, then that person is going to be judged by Judge Jesus according to their deeds at the great white throne judgment. I want to show you one more truth before we move off of verses 6 to 10, and it's this. That saving faith in Jesus Christ will always be accompanied by obedience to God and by good works. When you get on an airplane here in, at the Pender International Airport, Airport, you have to have a ticket. They give you a boarding pass, and you have to have a passport. You're not getting on that plane to anywhere unless you have a passport and a boarding pass. Saving faith is accompanied always by obedience to Christ and the doing of good deeds. The doing of good deeds don't save you, but once you're really saved, they are always there. Obedience and good deeds. See that with me in both verses 7 and 10 of our passage, please. And to those who by perseverance in doing good, there it is, in doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality and eternal life, down to verse 10, but glory and honor and peace to every man who does good, there it is, does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We're saving that true saving faith in Christ will always be accompanied by obedience to God and the doing of good works. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning, this is Pastor Nicholas, and today is another edition of Youth Talk. And today we want to focus on uh, ministry that we have here at Calvary Bible Church during the summer. And I know as parents are listening to this broadcast, you are looking for something fun and wholesome for your kids to be involved in this summer. And, and when we consider this, what a better place than our Vacation Bible School, which is scheduled for June 24th to the 28th. And this is a time where your kids can come and learn more about God and be in a safe environment. And as we have so many years, over many years, here, we have such a good reputation of, of just loving our kids and seeing them grow in their faith. And we want to invite you to be a part of this. And the cost of this is $20 and it's from nine to one and it includes lunch. What a better deal that, you know, as we think of all the different camps, but you could come to a camp where they can learn more about Christ. And as we think of this, one of the things that us Bahamians like to say is God is good all the time. God is good. And this year, our theme is basically all about God being good. And our theme is Roar. Life is wild and God is good. And there will be five days that we're going to look at. And, and the first day is this. When life is unfair, God is good. We're going to look at the life of a Moses and see how the problems that he went through. And, and we're going to look at how, you know, God just helped him. And, and even in them circumstances, God is good. And again, as we, we like to say, God is good all the time. And as we think of that, we're going to have the second day. We're going to look at how God is good in that day. When, we're going to look at when life is scary. God is good. And we're going to look at it again through the life of, of Moses and look at the plagues and different things and see how even when those things happen, God is good. You know, we need to recognize in our lives and everything that God is in control. He is sovereign. And when we see things in our lives... Sometimes we don't understand, but we know that we worship a God that is good and we can trust in him and know that he, he's going to see us through. But we also know as we think of, of life, life changes. And on day three, we're going to look at when life changes, God is good. And again, we're going to look and continue to look at the life of, 
of Moses and the Israelites, and, and, and we would just want you to, to, to come and be a part of this because this is such good truths, and, and, and you know, this is the Bible portion. We can look later on at the games and the other things that it could be involved in, but our main objective is to see them grow in their faith and learn more about Christ. And as we think of day four, when life is sad, God is good. You know, we're going to look at how just, you know, when things don't go right in life, when things happen, and when, when we get sad, that we can trust in a good God. And when we consider these truth, the truths that we're, we're going to look at, it's so important for us. And we're going to sum it up on day five. And it's so great how it sums up is when life is good, God is good. You know, and when we consider what we just even as we overview the whole week, the main objective is to know that God is good and he is good all the time. He's good in the bad times. He's good in the good times. And he's always there and he's sovereign. He's in control and he knows us better than anyone else. So what better place to put our faith in than God? Because God knows it all. So we can trust his plans for our lives, even when we don't understand we can trust Him. And as we consider that, and like I said, that is the Bible portion. You know, we don't just come here from 9 to 1 and just teach the Bible the whole time. That's our most important thing. But we also have a fun time of games. We have a group of people that organize games and have a good time. And, you know, even on one of those days, we get a water slide and have a wet day. And, you know, it's just great to see the kids having fun. But one of the most things that the kids like the most is our music time where they go and learn music about these truths and, and learn more um, songs that they can, you know, they get a CD and they can sing at home and they can bring it at home. And you as a parent get to hear the truth of the music. And it's just a great time to see the kids grow. But we also have another portion where a lot of vacation Bible schools would do what they call craft time. But here at Calvary Bible Church in our vacation Bible school, we don't have a craft time. We have what is called Imagination Station that kind of connects science to, to the Word of God and, and how it is going to bring it together with a, a different, you know, we like to say they're like a toy or something that a kid can bring home. Um, we know crafts are nice. We know that um, I remember as a kid coming to vacation Bible school, uh, we did crafts. But in some respect, let's be honest, how long do we keep those crafts? Um, sometimes those crafts get lost. But we have these things where the kids can have this this piece of, of a toy or whatever it may be, and they can remember the truth of the lesson that was taught to them. And I think that that's what, what's so great about this Vacation Bible School that can separate it from some other Vacation Bible Schools because what this um, organization group does, it brings it more tangible to the kid, that they can, you know, see things. You know, we have done things in the past where, um, we did an Everest thing, and we made snow, and they were able to remember those things. And, you know, it's just so good to see how, uh, at the end of the week, they're so happy to take home these things, and they use them and show their parents. Um, what's so amazing and what, what I think is so great about the Imagination Station is it's not just the kids that get involved and like it. Um, when you when you think of crafts sometimes, you know, as you think of teenagers who, who may be helping, you know, they're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. But when the Imagination Station come, sometimes the leaders are, are just as into it as the kids because they want to see how it brings it together and how, what things they can learn and, and what things they, you know, some of them ask, hey, do you have any extra so I could take it home? Because it's so great to see 
um, how these tools are used to bring honor and glory to God. So like I said, this, this Vacation Bible School is scheduled for June 24 to the 28th. And the cost is, like I said, $20 a week. Um, includes lunch. Um, you know, at a good environment. What more could you ask for um, for that cost? You know, there are many clubs and camps that you send your kids to that you'll pay hundreds of dollars for. But what are you invested in? Are you invested in just their physical being or are you invested in their spiritual being? You know, this is one week. One week that can be life-changing for your kid. So I encourage you. Would you give us an opportunity here at Calvary Bible Church to minister to your kids, to teach them God's truth, to teach them the thing that we like to hear all the time, that God is good all the time. God is good. Or would you just let the summer go by without investing in this spiritual walk with Christ? You know, when we consider, um, again, as we think of that as for 20 bucks a week, like I said, in a, in a in safe environment where security will be on the premises, where leaders are loving on your kids, you know, what a better place to be. We also have an option for a T-shirt, which is $10. So $30 could get your kid in the door as well with a T-shirt. Like I said, this is, is a, an exciting opportunity for us to, to be a part of, that we look forward to every year. Um, kids excited for Christ, see him learning new truths about God's Word, singing songs, praises to his game. What a better week for your kid to be a part of. Again, June 24th to 28th from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. If you need any more information, you can feel free to call Pastor Nicholas here at Calvary Bible Church. And my number is 242-326-0800. And if you want to be registered, please call. Come into Calvary Bible Church here on Collins Avenue, and we'll be ready to register your kid for this exciting week, a week that they would never forget this summer. This is Pastor Nicholas, another edition of You Talk. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Good morning, listeners. I'm very pleased this morning to have in our recording studio Sister Priscilla Murphy. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Elliot. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great. Yes. We are going to talk about uh, a ministry that the Lord has given to you that's a new ministry. But before uh, we talk about that, I'm excited to do that. Just wanted our listeners to know that you've had uh, very interesting experiences. You're a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Yes. And you were a student missionary for some time in Venezuela. Yes. And uh, then you uh, also have been uh, a Bible religion teacher here locally in a Christian School Temple Christian High Temple School. Christian High yeah. School. you've done a lot of things, and uh, most recently you've been serving the Lord in the area of social services here in Nassau. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Great. So the Lord has given you a lot of training and a lot of experience, and I can tell you, listeners, that our sister has a lot of uh, commitment to Christ and a desire to help others to be committed to Him as well. So, Sister Priscilla. Um, as I was mentioning, the Lord has shown you a new ministry that is R-I-C-H, R period, I period, C period, and H period, rich. Could you help our listeners know what these letters stand for? Well, these letters stand for reaching inner city homes. Reaching inner city homes. And um, how will this reach ministry seek to reach inner city homes? 
what Pastor Elliot, reaching in the city homes, has to do with reaching them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. By making disciples of women and young girls through the avenue of evangelism and discipleship. Wonderful. So uh, we seek to have the Lord uh, become their Savior as yes. we share the gospel. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And then after they've come f- to faith in Christ to uh, disciple them, how, how would you define discipling? What does that mean? Well, you know, Pastor Elliot, you know, we often have, um, we are passionate about evangelism. But evangelism and discipleship, they marry to each other. Yes. And discipleship is mentoring people through the Word of God to get them to the maturity that God will have them to um, the destination as a mature spiritual Christian. Wonderful to become Christ-like. Yes, that's right. Evangelism and uh, discipling or mentoring are are Siamese twins. They go together. Um, Priscilla, why do you think that um, this particular approach to the women and the girls of our neighborhoods in Nassau um, will be blessed of the Lord and and used of the Lord? Well, it is not only a good approach, but it is the best one. I believe, Pastor Elliot, that the gospel is the only hope for the family. When the family is reached, the community and the world at last will be reached. I totally agree with you, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so true. Um, for the person who might be listening this morning that isn't quite sure what the term mentoring means, what could you help them know what it means? Well, um, you know, the Bible does speak about, give a lot of example about mentoring. Yes, um, when you look into the Word of God, Paul encouraging Titus in Titus chapter 2, 3 to 5, he admonished Titus to teach sound doctrine. Yes. And sound doctrine is, has to do with older women teaching younger women. And mentoring is teaching a person in a way that will benefit the individual. It is also learning and, and a developing partnership between someone with a vast experience and someone who wants to learn. But the key idea, the main idea is, is that the one who is more experienced teaches the less experienced. Yes, so it's teaching, sometimes uh, by speaking and looking at things in Scripture, but also by living Scripture exactly. as a visual example. Exactly, because that's what a Christian life is all about, living the practical life. When we read God's Word, we see, we see ourselves in, as a mirror. Yes. God wears us as a mirror. And when we come away from it, we should be living that um, lifestyle. Yes, that's so true. Where do the mentors come from or where will they come from for the rich ministry? Well, it, it will come from within the body of Christ of Calvary Bible Church. Yes. So initially, we'll trust the Lord within our assembly. We'll pray. We'll give the opportunity and explanation to uh, women who could well be mentors, and yes. then they will assess it and pray about it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's good. Now uh, that's the one side of the coin about how mentors will uh, be raised up. How will mentees or persons who will be mentored? How will these be identified and selected? Well, the mentees will be selected by the pastoral board yes. and also with those with the ladies who have signed up or designated to 
to mentor younger girls or other women who need to be mentored. Yes. Is there a, a lower age uh, that you see Rich going to? How, how young do you see Rich working with girls? Between the age of seven, mm. seven, because this is what I'm dealing with now mm. in one of my um, mentoring program. Age seven to 12, that's yeah. the age range, a teenager. Yes. Yeah, it could be beyond. Because mentoring has to do is, is a li- is a lifelong um, pattern of life. Yes, very good. So uh, it used to be in the landscaping business, and uh, we learned that the best time to straighten up a tree that wasn't f- growing right is when it's a young tree. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and my mom said, "You got to bend the tree while it's young." Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking uh-huh. about. Bend the tree while it's young. Yeah. So uh-huh. praise the Lord, God's entrusted to you. A girl as young as seven? Yes. Well, I'm going to just thank the Lord in prayer for what he's doing. And we'll pick up this conversation uh, next week in the will of the Lord. But let's pray. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the model of Scripture that shows that the person who knows you, the person who loves you, the person who's walked with you has the privilege and the responsibility of teaching uh, younger persons less experienced in the things of God. Of course, the the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus, uh, was the perfect mentor. He he mentored those uh, men that first followed him, and by the indwelling Holy Spirit, they used that teaching and what they learned from his example, and the world was turned upside down. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Please bless Rich and Priscilla and her co-workers and those that are mentored. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas And remember, everyone needs a Savior.